Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. She says, boy, why don't you just come home with me tonight? Somewhere in the darkness we can find a light. On a sick collision course, this way life dies. It's feeling like we owe ourselves to give it a try. Looking 
Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Dane Lewis with Whiskey Wears Off. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Good. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? This is Nothing. the one. This is the one. This is uh, good. Should we tell everyone? No. That we no. Tried no. to start yeah. this four times. But go ahead. It's fine. So anyway, Whiskey Wears Off. Very cool. Very, very, um. Very classic country. Classic, you know. I, th- um, I thought it sounded different. I thought it was like kind of uh, in a minor key, and uh, I, the track is interesting. It's different, and I like the subject matter too. I mean, um, for me, I feel like that could be played in any of the bars downtown, like Nashville. No yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, and I think it would get people's attention because it doesn't, to me, sound like uh, you know a '90s country track. We usually get a lot of that around here. It doesn't sound like that. So anyway, my little bone this week, another bone, or a continuation, oh, no. a continuation oh, of the let's other bone. Stay positive. No, it's, it is positive actually. So I was watching. I don't watch American Idol. I can't watch the show. But what happens is, you get these clips on like TikTok or Facebook, little like snippet, three, four little minutes. blurbs of like the yeah, people who performed or whatnot. I saw this one where they had this. These two final contestants were vying for the last spot on the top twelve or whatever it is, or top twenty-four. And so they have this sing-off, and they're both sitting in chairs in front of the three judges, Ronald Ritchie, Katy Perry, and uh, Luke Bryant. And they're sitting right there in front of them, and they got to sing a cappella right to them. And I, I would watch that. Well, anyway, <laughs> so this one chick gets up, and she's really kind of pleasant and good, right? And she was good, actually. You know, a cappella. The sing a cappella with feeling, and it's kind of hard, you know? This next chick gets up. I forget her name. She was great. She had like this rasp and this kind of tone that was Bonnie Raitt meets Adele meets Amy Winehouse. It was just this bizarre and unique sounding quality. She was great. I, and I'm, I'm looking at Katy Perry. I'm going, you wish on she your best be day yeah. you could do anything close to what this chick is doing in front of you that you're judging. And Luke Bryan's looking at her going, exactly. like, And you're looking, oh my God, if only I could do half of what this chick is doing. And she's like some 19-year-old nobody. And they're sitting there with their millions judging her. It just, it just bugged me. So the golden ticket question is, did... Yeah, the she, she got great it. chick win, yeah, the, or did the other chick? Win? No, the great chick got it, but well, okay. it, it was it was like it was like. Do we know day. the great chick's name too, or no? No, we got. I, I don't know, but I, I don't want to say it, but I forget it, you know. But <laughs> she was great, and, and it's just it's just like it's just amazing. Like I feel like saying, Katie, do you get this? Like you know how like lucky you are that you're sitting there, this multi millionaire. Third episode in a row that you have dissed Katy Perry, so. Maybe we'll get some traction, audience-wise. Maybe her no, it's her Katy fan Perry. Base will, Katy Perry's a perfectly you. wonderful pop star. You know, <laughs> just with I put her right in the ballpark with Lady Gaga and all those chicks who are perfectly okay. Their records yeah. sound fine. They're, they're but sonic. you're talking about the fact that the girl who was singing could like. 100% take Katie's seat in a heartbeat just based off of the talent alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is she wouldn't because people can't, most people can't discern that depth of, of ability. It's like, it's just, mm. the, you know, because we're, we're, we're such a dumbed down society. Let's face it, most people are listening to the technological enhancement that gets hap- that happens on every one of these pop records. That's what they're listening yeah, to. Yeah, I, I think back in the, uh, again, back in the, 
the 60s and 70s, I really think it was an artist-based industry. They, they were artists, you know, where now I think it, it, it's, it's a producer technology-based industry. Well, I'll give you a, a, a shining, a, a good example of that. I was flipping through uh, YouTube, as I often do on the weekends, and over the weekend I happened upon uh, this little mini-documentary about Creedence Clearwater v- Revival. Right. And, you know, this is back in a time when even, you know, documenting a live performance was incredibly difficult because the technology just wasn't there. Right. They were saying that Credence Clearwater Revival made their name because not only because of the hits that they had on the radio and that they were relatively easy to record because things were so stripped down. But they were saying that they made their name and they basically became America's greatest band over that period of time because of how good they were live. So this documentary has a bunch of footage from their performance, their first performance in England at the Royal Albert Hall. And it is absolutely incredible. Really? You cannot discern the difference between the records and what's being played on the stage 50 years ago. Really super cool. I highly recommend it. I've heard John Fogarty talk about how they got so they, they got so ripped off. Fantasy Records, yeah. He's he's recently got all that back. Oh, really? Well, because he, he made yeah. like no money on that shit back then. It was a yeah, joke. But Fogarty, I mean, it's just extraordinary how much they sound like the singles that they made, the records that they made. A lot of it has to do with his voice. Have you ever seen The Rain? There were some great songs, man. Is That's John Fogarty the same person who did the Put Me In Coach, yes. I'm Ready To Play? Yeah. Yes, yes, that, yes. I love that, that song. Was, that was like 30 years after Creedence Clear, Clearwater Above. So my, another new thing now, I just, just I came across this last week. Have you guys heard of this guy, Louis Capaldi? Yeah, no. why have I heard that name? He's this huge artist out of out of Scotland or Ireland or something, and I've heard that name. And like, I saw this video of him. He has this one song that's super big. It's just him singing and a piano. It's like it's like it was almost like a a male Adele. And the guy is like, he has this video where he's walking around the beach. He's like fifty pounds overweight, <laughs> really like a chubby guy with not really really attractive at all curly orange red hair like and i hate to say it, but fat walking around the beach in, in a pair of underwear and like it's like a joke i can't believe it and this thing is huge i'm going whoa how did this happen well now so i gotta see it the song is I someone the you name. the song is someone you loved right and believe it or not he actually was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. So like... Yeah, yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah, there's the documentary about it. That's crazy, yeah. He's like, have you seen the pictures of him? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking at him right now. He's not rock star. No. I don't know. It's kind of cool actually. I got to check it out now. You do. His voice is really cool. His voice is really moving. It's got a really good grasp and urgency to it. Like one of those, just a cool. Oh, so like, you dug the the song and the track, and you're just. You, I'm just amazed just at how, like, based off of like how he sounds, like does not translate his, a, into like well, and, what and, he and, and the like. fact that he yeah. chose to make the video. There's a video of him walking around the beach in like his underwear, and he's like this fat guy, <laughs> and it's a joke, and like he's like, just walking around and looking at hot chicks, and they're looking. 
him and going, what? I don't get it. I, I almost give him credit. I almost give him credit. I, I give him credit for having the balls I to like do it. I like cliff notes on the video concept. Yeah. No, but I, I, I recommend everyone go watch Louis Capaldi, Someone I Loved. The video. Someone it's, it's You just, Loved. Someone You Loved. Great. It's a great video. This, um, this episode may end up being the, like, the little tidbit episode on on music things i saw something this morning that i thought was interesting i thought i might bring it up brian setzer it's his birthday evidently uh he's the guy that the lead guitar player and the no, i know i know I, I, i've met brian i met brian a few times did you really well because he was uh, fr- he was friends he grew up in massapequa long island okay really? and, he was, and he was friends with yeah he was friends uh, with my friend uh, Russell, who was in the Billy Joel band, and he used to be friends he had with big Russell. Big success in the '80s in a band called uh, Stray Cats. Uh, the Stray Cats. Stray Cats. Yeah. And he made this comment. Somebody had reposted "Happy Birthday," but they reposted a little, evidently, an interview that was done recently. And he passed this comment that I thought was really interesting. He said, "Had I." gone into a different form of music a different genre of music and i hadn't been obsessed with rockabilly if i'd been a a heavy metal guitar player or a pop guitar player i'd be on a beach right now and i'd have all the money that i needed but because i chose rockabilly um i gotta keep working you know what and i i just thought that was interesting he's wrong (laughs) <laughs> well, you know why? Because he would have chosen another genre, he wouldn't have made it. He might have not have made he it. He wouldn't have exactly. made it. He made it because he was over in England with the Stray Cats, and Dave Edmonds yep. from Rockpile saw him, yep. and because and he was really this authentic, you know, rockabilly. He had that Gretsch with the whammy bar, and boom, boom, da boom, yep. and, and Slim with the big stand-up bass and shit. He, it, he hit a moment. So if he was a regular, he would have just been in, in the, I don't think he was that good to be, a, a, you know, uh, he, he made it because he did rockabilly. I'm sorry, Brian, yeah. but if you ask uh, me... I guess he, he didn't make enough money based on the genre of music, I guess, is what he's saying. He had one or two good albums. Guarantee he had a one or good two tours. And like you know, then he had the Brian Setzer Orchestra for a while. So like, Well, yeah, that, that has been those Christmas shows are really... You know, so I'm sorry. Uh, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't buy that. I don't care what he said. He's wrong. Yeah. It's, it, Brian, I, I, I thought it was kind of surprising. Brian, you're wrong. I don't buy it. <laughs> We'd love to have you on the podcast, Brian, to d- defend what you said too. If you want to take on Carl, <laughs> but I, but I, I, I remember though they they were back in eighty, I don't know eighty four maybe eighty five whatever it was. But they were so cool because they yeah, were cool and looking. It was so fresh on MTV because right. every, it was so different than everything else. And they were most definitely an MTV act. They were know? the big thing. I remember that one year, that year when they came out, they, they opened the Grammys, I remember, or some show mm-hmm. like that, or the American Music Awards. And they just came out and they were the coolest thing because he was like, I don't know, boom, 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 boom. boom. And, the, and the drummer stood up and just played a, sta- a snare drum yep. and a cymbal. And the bass player yep. used to walk on his, like, like the guy from Buddy Holly used to walk on this bass, the big stand-up bass, the boom, boom, boom. You know, like... I played in a rockabilly band, a band called Rock Therapy in the early 80s, and it's a, it's a blast. It's a, it's See, a great genre. And maybe if you didn't do that, you'd be on a beach right now. 
there you go. You picked, right. you picked the I wrong chose, band. You should have did. I chose incorrectly. I do think that it, it it interested me because you know I've I have a reputation for liking things that are different, and I have really esoteric tastes. You know, I bet most of the things that I have loved and listened to for fifty years. I bet most of those people don't have a pot to piss in. I bet they're all broke. I, I'm not going to mention any names in case they listen, but I used to have this friend who, her friend, she was one of those people who only loved bands bubbling under. Like she used right, to love, she loved R.E.M. when they were like, but once R.E.M. got commercial or started making it, nah, they sold out. Always only loved like underground, almost kind of doing it. You know, but as soon as they start making yeah, it, yeah, I don't think that's what's going on with me. Yeah, it is. You, you no, like, you like obscure nonsense, Greg. No, you do. I no, like, you, you really I, do. I like obscure stuff, but I don't care whether or not. Yeah, it, you know, I would, I would love for everything I like to be, you know, to blow up and become like the pop your, music. Your of prefab the, sprouts, of, man. Of Give the me the millennium. <laughs> yeah, prefab sprout. You know, it's a classic example. Oh, be, I, I love be those records. I know those be records Bob. more than. The people that made the records, you know. Oh, so. you know what? I'm making a pronouncement too. Now, now, yeah. now we're just doing jibs and jabs today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's fun. You know, I decided. I decided I hate. Who? I, I, I hate every time I see him talk. I hate Lou Reed. Every <laughs> every word out of Lou Reed. Yeah, I'm not a huge Lou Reed. He's man. such a pompous. Like he, he came out with it a, a, a few weeks ago. I saw this clip. He's where, gone on to his where, reward. Where, where, where he's asked, he's, he's no asked about the Beatles, him. and he said the Beatles were garbage. He called them garbage. Yeah, so, but then, yeah, yeah. so then he goes like, someone. I just saw a clip where someone asked him, you know, what's it like to be a famous New Yorker? You know, just this interviewer. She goes, and with this cosmic, this like just obnoxious, arrogant attitude. Nobody's famous in New York, you know, and, and he's just a, he's, I just hate him. He's a pompous <laughs> schmuck. I feel like saying, me, give me a break. He's been, he's been dead for like 10 it years. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Carl, let me push back a little bit on what you said about I might be one of those people that. Oh, here we go. He's defending it. Defending I don't himself. like it anymore. Here's, here's the problem. So I can list off probably five bands off the top of my head that I absolutely positively adore their first three or four or five records. But what the public connects with is maybe stuff down the line later that I don't have any interest in. So maybe I've moved on because I, you know, have found something else to listen to. The first four albums... <laughs> Listen, the first four Elton John records. Oh, here we are go with the first four. Absolutely positively brilliant. The first four Rush records are absolutely brilliant. So that's my experience is that I get on to something early, and then by the time the rest of the people figure it out, I've moved You're to something. You're on to else. the new thing. I, I'm not really that interested in um, liking weird shit. As a matter of fact, <laughs> Carl, as a matter of fact, maybe I like things before everybody else. Maybe that's a bit of a skill set. Maybe huh? you're a trendsetter. Thank you. You do like the obscure stuff, though, Greg. You have to, like, Prefab Sprout is... 
Very obscure. Prefabs, bro. You know, it's a new band. Wonderful. I like the new Wombat Zombies, man. They're so cool. <laughs> Wombat Zombies. <laughs> you know, you know, You've said that before. You know, that, you know what? It's I'm going to start. The new, your new band name. <laughs> the Wombat <laughs> Zombies. I was like, oh, man. Have you heard the new Wombat Zombies tune? Uh, Days of Warsaw by the Wombat Zombies Band. <laughs> it is the, this, this new album, man. He's just coming. Uh, Everybody yeah, out the, there, the, go find the titles. Days of you, know, you can just read off your screen. Days of War. Riverside is one of the titles. Days of Warsaw by the Wombat uh, Zombies, baby. Best record of 2023. Password required. That, that's a great track. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, you going to uh, say? I was going to say, on that note, why don't we hear another track from our artist, Dane Lewis, called Fire? And we'll also hear from his management company, which is Core PR, and then we'll meet you on the backside. This episode features an artist from Core Public Relations. Core Public Relations is a Los Angeles and Nashville-based public relations and marketing firm. They represent clients working in entertainment, health and wellness, politics, and fashion. With social media strategies, as well as tried-and-true public relations tactics, they consistently deliver powerful and effective campaigns to ensure client success. To learn more, go to corepr.com. That is K-O-R-E-P-R.com. Changed her mind and came along as a one night, one time Give it a try kind of thing I knew with one taste like night to day To put the world on its head, a new coming of age And in no time sure, this here will be the only life she prays We're gonna light it up Until that sun burns out Go until we get it up and Then we go another ride Come whiskey with a Tennessee burn Or a backwoods party at the next left turn There's a flame lighting up a midnight sky Just like the desire in a young girl's eyes There ain't nothing like a one of the three Mix it on up and you're bound to see Ain't just a promise, it's a guarantee With a good time, good whiskey Or desire comes fire So you think she's tough Got the kind of walk that leaves your love in the dust Got you tripping and a calling all Because you're falling for everything she's got Spent my last dime for one more time Trade off a soul to make her last name mine Put down the barrel of a loaded gun For just one shot She's gonna tear it up Your whole world and your heart And with any love She'll choke it up the smoke rings in the dark So come whiskey with a Tennessee burn Or a backwoods party at the next left turn There's a flame lighting up the midnight sky Just like the desire in a young girl's eyes There ain't nothing like a one of the three Mix it all up and you're bound to see There ain't just a promise, it's a guarantee That with a good time, good whiskey Or desire comes fire
Tennessee burn Old backwoods party at the next left turn There's a flame lighting up a midnight sky It's a like the desire in a young girl's eyes There ain't nothing like a one of the three Mix it on up and you're bound to see It ain't just a promise, it's a guarantee That with a good time, good whiskey For desire comes fire Okay. I like that Hammond at the end mm-hmm. there. That's cool. Do we want to get to know Dane because he answered our questions of the week? Oh, cool. So the first question that we asked Dane is to tell us a little bit about himself. Hey, y'all. My name is Dane Lewis. I'm originally from Sioux City, Iowa, and now based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Through the last year as an independent artist, my band and I have been able to kind of release some of our music the way that we want to do it and to the sound of our liking. And we're more than stoked to see the rock and country communities kind of starting to become integrated with one another and kind of giving us mainstay in the alternative community, as we like to call it. We're a rock and roll band with a shot of country, and we're excited to see what the next year might hold. I haven't heard that term. That's awesome. Y'alternative. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's funny. Um, I, I do hear... I did not hear like anything traditional about the first song and I didn't hear you know I actually heard more traditional out of the second because you know that rock and country thing has been around a long time were the outlaws from the 70s would you consider them to be country totally totally yeah well they were marketed as a rock and roll band so what else did we ask, uh, what's his name? Lil so Dane. we asked Dane to tell us what music artists have influenced his career so far. Man, through the years, I've been inspired by a lot of musicians from Bob Seger and Tom Petty to John Mellencamp in my earlier years, uh, moving along to bands like Whiskey Myers and Eric Church that kind of emulate the sound that we are derivative of now these days. And uh, I'm more than excited to see that a lot of people are responding well to this kind of music and a lot of the Red Dirt communities and a lot of the outlaw underground country communities. Although we try to keep a very deep and heartfelt songwriting similar to artists like Jason Isbell, who I look up to so much. That's cool. I mean, that's interesting. That might inform some of the writing because Isbell's in recovery, which is cool. Eric Church is the opposite. Although Eric Church uh, is enamored of this writer that we love, a, a writer named Travis Meadows. Right, I love that. So, didn't they, didn't Eric Church write? Isn't that his song Springsteen? Is that him? Yeah. Yeah, that's Eric Church. Well, Eric's a great writer, and he did bring a lot of these kind of, kind of you know, mirror sunglasses, rock, no fucks given kind of approach to the music that he was making. And he was not afraid to write a lyric that would be controversial or stir things up anyway what else do we ask um this guy so the last question that we asked dane is what is one service not offered right now in the music industry that indie music artists need man i think a crucial thing for the indie artist industry these days would be an easy and reliable access to reputable booking agents that are available to work with new artists that 
might not have the TikTok followers from the jump or might not have the Instagram followers from the jump, but rather letting people put their money where their mouth is and send in some demos, send in some songs and really give them a fair shot and help them build a reliable, organic fan base that'll follow them. It's not necessarily about how many likes you get on something, or at least it shouldn't be, in my opinion. Well, he's right, but he's talking about how it used to be. You know, like he used to well, be where... So there just there aren't companies that are reliable right now. And I can say this from even just podcast stuff where we're being pitched from management companies and the management companies don't get back to us, even though they're the ones coming to us, if that makes sense. So like if you've got people out there who are trying to do right by you, but they're also not responding on your behalf and losing out on opportunities like that has to weigh on the artists and they're probably expensive to start out with. So. I get where he's coming from, where like if it was 10 or 20 years ago, there probably would be more companies that would be willing to take on artists that don't have a million likes or a million followers and really kind of be their champion. But I don't think they exist right now, or they're at least few and far between. Well, I mean, I don't think that uh, you can overstate the importance of a reputable booking strategy. The problem is that with these bigger festivals where you can get in front in front of enough people... You have to buy your way onto those slots. Anyway, so did, we did everything. We did everything. Yeah. Do we hate everybody? We, or? I don't think we hate <laughs> everyone, but just Lou Reed, man. Uh. <laughs> Go ahead, get us out uh-huh. of here. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast to make sure that you listen all the way through because we do have one more song by Dane Lewis called Bad Guy. For everything that we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later.
same old hell that you come to know Oh so well and you can finally start to see how hard I fell Turn my cheek and say goodbye